Hello and welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. This is episode number 224. I am Ross. And I am Gordon, and I don't actually know how we got this far. Brute incompetence. Okay, that works every time. So hey, Gordon, I see that you've successfully taken in the first part of our undoubtedly fascinating conversation on file bit depth and edit color spaces. Are you ready for part two? Uh, beverage included? Why, yes, there are many choices because, as we know, Earth is round and thus the sun is over the yard arm somewhere on the planet. Now, how many people do you think actually know what a yard arm is? Folks with the benefit of a classical education. Oh, and a certain amount of age. Or naval service. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cover edit color space, and then we can move on to topics that cater to a wider audience next time. How? That's going to leave a mark. Well, it'll match the headache I got from the last episode. Color spaces? Right, then. When we bring a raw image into whatever photo editor that we use, the editor uses a color space profile to deliver the maximum possible number of colors in the editing space. If we bring a JPEG into the editor, it already has a color space assigned to it as it's already what we would consider a finished image. In the case of JPEGs, that color space is referred to as sRGB. So, RAW files have no embedded color space, and JPEGs do. What about different formats like TIFF? TIFF files are viewable without conversion. We consider them finished work. So, because they're finished work, they can have a color space associated with them, and most of the time they do. And which color space would that be? Well, it will be dependent on the color space assigned by the editor at the time of export to TIFF. Adobe RGB is common, but it's not automatic. All right. So, with JPEG, you get sRGB assigned. So, you can display it with a range of 16.7 million colors? Exactly. 256 possible variants for each of red, green, and blue. So 256 to the power of 3 is 16.7 million. If you say so. I do. So who can use more than that? What did you say the human eye can see? According to science professionals in the field of human vision, the healthy human eye can distinguish about 10 million distinct colors. So sRGB as an, as an editing space already has more colors than the human eye can see. Yeah, that's correct. We also know that sRGB is based on an 8-bit model, but there may be times where we might desire greater color possibilities. Like when? The most common, and I think the most relevant to the two of us, 
is when one makes a print at home or through a lab that starts with a 16-bit deep printer file. Well, I know that my inkjet photographic printer can accept 16-bit files. So that means if I send it a 16-bit file, I get more colors? Yes, yeah, specifically it means that you can send the printer more color information. However, it does not mean that it makes more colors than exist in the file. However, if you actually need a color that is not covered in an 8-bit color space, but is available in a 16-bit color space, you will then get more accurate color. Well, hold on to that. So, you're saying that the color in a 60 or in an 8-bit color space could be different from the color in a 16-bit color space. Absolutely. As we've talked about, an sRGB color space can handle up to 16.7 million colors. However, if we look at our 16-bit color space, we know that, because of math, each channel, red, green, and blue, can hold up to 65,536 different values. So when we raise that to the cube value, three colors, we have a total color palette in 16-bit space of 281 trillion colors. Well, that sounds really impressive, but I can only distinguish 10 million of those at a time. That's correct. Then why would I ever use Adobe RGB as my editing color space? Okay, so remember we're talking about more color variants in 16-bit than in 8-bit. So the logical reason is that you will be printing directly to a 16-bit capable printer or sending a file that is not a JPEG to a commercial printing house that accepts 16-bit, such as the TIFF files you mentioned earlier. But I don't know any commercial printers who do that. Most uh, all seem to want the JPEGs. Well, that's not uncommon. A JPEG is a smaller file. It's faster to print. And even if your 16-bit edit color space gets crushed to sRGB, as it does when you make a JPEG, there are still... 6.7 million more colors available than the human eye can discern. Okay, now I know because you and others have stated it, that when I bring a raw file into the tool like uh, Adobe Lightroom Classic, it does whatever raw conversion it does and presents it in a 32-bit editing color space called Profoto RGB. That's correct. And how many colors would that make? Uh, do you like exponential math? No, but you're going to tell me anyway. You're right, because you asked. <laughs> 7.923 times 10 to the 28th different color possibilities. Some of those color possibilities actually are invisible. Oh, wonderful. We've got a whole lot of colors that we can't see. Yep, but pretty much. But of all those colors, 
my eyes can only discern a maximum of 10 million at a time. So why are we doing this? This seems like a bunch of overkill. Well, you're right, because mathematically it's overkill by roughly 8 times 10 to the 21st power. Uh, I have no idea what that means, but it sounds like an astronomical number. But then, if that is so, then why do that? I, If I cannot see those colors, can my monitor even show them? Well, unless you spent the house payments, several of them, on a display that can do a 32-bit color space, the answer is no. Most all monitors, most all monitors only deal with the sRGB color space, although you can spend more and get a monitor that can handle the Adobe RGB color space. And why would I spend that money? Because you're printing to a 16-bit capable printer. If you're exporting for the web or social media or generic commercial printing, they all want and require sRGB. So your nice monitor shows you colors that cannot exist natively in sRGB. Some folks would consider that a foolish spend. Yikes. Okay. So, again, why a 32-bit existing space, or sorry, editing space, that cannot be displayed, and even if it could, I could only see 10 million of them. I keep coming back to this, but it keeps haunting me. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, man. I can't answer your question. It makes no sense to me. And to try to answer would call for speculation on my part. From a science perspective and a visual capability perspective, there is no point at all. But that won't stop herds of people from saying that the only way to edit is in the Profoto RGB space. It's actually a really bad choice if your outcome is going to be in the sRGB space. I have heard that it eliminates banding in pictures. Is this correct? So banding is an artifact of compression that happens when you compress from a defined color space to one that is smaller. Let's suppose that you were editing in Profoto RGB, but your output was going to be sRGB. That's a downward compression. And so this banding happens when an unsuitable editing color space is selected relative to the output. Consider you've taken a con you've consider you've converted a raw image whose file bit depth is only 14 bits or 14 stops maximum, and now you're going to expand that to try to fit it into a 32-bit color space. It means that there are colors being created during expansion that fill that color space. Those colors aren't really in the image, but when you expand them, they get made, and then when you compress them down to sRGB, there are a lot fewer options, so that's how you end up getting banding. Okay. Well, thank you. I now have a brand new, fresh headache, and I think I'm going to go home now. Knowledge and science are wonderful, but can be disconcerting when they contradict established but fundamentally incorrect beliefs. Thanks to all of our listeners. If you'd like to support the channel, you can do so with a donation 
by clicking support the channel on the main page at thephotovideoguy.ca. If you shop at BNH Photo Video, please use the link on the main page as it pays a small commission here and costs you nothing at all. Please submit a comment or send in a question. I read and respond to all. On behalf of the channel, we wish you peace and good health. I've been Ross. And I'm still Gordon. We'll speak to you again soon.